Hello and welcome to the Code It Moments podcast, the first proper one for January. I mean, we had a Code It Momentum update and some other stuff from the back end of last year, but we're, we're back, we're here, and actually still putting out content, so that's always nice. Uh, I'm Andy Brown, at Clinical Andy on Twitter, and joining me today, as ever, the lovely Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. And uh, Ali Cornwolf. Hello. How are you boys? How are you doing? Very good, actually. Not bad start to the year so far. Yeah. Resplendent. Let's get it out of there. Word of the day calendar, yeah. everybody, for yeah. uh, for Christmas. So, uh, right, we are here to talk about, actually, actually, this, God, we've not done this in a while, we're here to talk about games. We've actually Ooh. played. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, well, let's crack on. Who's been playing what, then? I think you should start first, Andy, since you've been let off the leash from uh, your year of shame. It's, do you know, it's not gone too badly. I'm not bankrupt yet, so that's always a good start. <laughs> Catching up with a lot of a lot of things I'd, I've been meaning to play, Quantum Break being one of them, and we talked about that yeah. briefly on Credit Momentum. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'd forgotten kind of how much fun it was when you when you get into the the time bending mechanics and the various different you know time tricks and powers that you've got yeah alongside i think what would be a pretty mediocre third person shooter if it wasn't for all the quantum uh what's the word i'm looking for trickery all the quantum time trickery that was going on around it which makes it a really interesting game it's good i'm enjoying it i'm (laughs) enjoying it more than I, i thought i would be what are you cool. laughing at? I've, I was just thinking it, it's almost Remedy's tagline, isn't it? Mediocre third-person shooter makers, aside from the gimmicks. Yeah, yeah, but the gimmicks work in this case, and the gimmicks are yeah. and the plot. The plot is a bit um, Saturday morning cartoon special, but it's it's a really good idea, and tying it into the live aspects, the live television show aspect was a an, again another gimmick, but it is quite a nice break from the you know the the third person action yeah the linear yeah. third person action oh, fair yeah. I'm, I'm not not dissing it i've not played it um well, so I, an I xbox you'd, my... you'd burst into flames if you went anywhere near it <laughs> and uh, i had to think back to the time i played the max Payne. was it one and two were both remedy weren't they and, yeah uh, yeah both yeah. Perf- perfectly serviceable third person shooters that would have been a bit pants if it wasn't for the bullet time mechanic that did make them fun. Like, don't you know, I'm not. I'm not having a go. I think. I think going back to it, I tried. I tried to play it a bit too seriously and a bit, you know, like a like a third person cover shooter. And it wasn't. It wasn't until I'd had a couple of nasty battles that I suddenly thought, actually, you've just you've got to press on because the AI, the enemy AI, is is pretty aggressive and it'll flank you mm. very quickly. Um, mm. And it throws in some like really nasty, you know, sh- guys who are in body armor and with massive shotguns or massive machine guns at you. Um, and unless you unless you actually get out there and use your abilities and you're you're quite aggressive in your playstyle, you can get overwhelmed very quickly. I, I found. Yes, yeah, I, I'm just stuck at the the final final boss, and I have been for a few days, so it's a sore subject. <laughs> yeah, the the misappropriately titled Paul Serene mm. <laughs> he is what he's a not a happy name. camper. Yeah. <laughs> I've played a lot of little games. I played, um, I played Space Plan again, which is yeah. a oh, clicker yeah. on iOS, and I really, I really love that. Uh, I played another clicker, which was called Universal Paperclips. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, what's that about? 
you basically run what becomes a sentient AI that is just obsessed with making paper clips out of all of the matter in the universe. It's not called Clip Easy. No, but I feel they missed a trick, if I'm honest. <laughs> Maybe Microsoft owned the rights. Yeah, uh, I played Florence and Old Man's Journey, which are kind of little narrative games. Florence is lovely. Yeah. Florence is one of the, the, the kind of nicest games I've played in a long time. Really sweet. Mm, okay. And some really interesting little twists on game mechanics and stuff that, that fit in really nicely with the story, how it develops. And then what else have I played? Causality. You heard of that one? No, nope, no, that one. What's that? No. Uh, it's like a little, uh, it's like a little puzzle game where you, again, it's, it seems to all be time related. This this one. So you have you have a little guy, a spaceman on, and it's a bit like how can I describe it? Uh, it's a bit like the kind of grid you get on Hitman Go. Okay. So you move. You don't move your guy a square or whatever. You just you just swipe your finger along the screen to move timer forward, and he'll always go forward. And it'll mm. always turn when he hits a wall. And there's just pads which you can change the direction that it'll send him as you go through the game. So you start off, you've just got to change the pads to the right position. And as you move time through, you've only got a certain amount of time available to complete the leveling. So as you move him through, you've got to move him through the maze in the right order to get him to the end in the amount of allotted time. And it's pretty yeah. simple to begin with. And then they add in new mechanics like switches. So you've got to get him to press a switch before he can go the right particular route. And then they add in like a little time vortex thing. So when you go into that, your character reappears earlier in the level. So you've got to then either go back through or take into account the fact that suddenly when you play through, a, a character will just appear out of nowhere. And then that becomes the character that you've got to control from that point. It it's, gets a bit weird, and then you take into account you've got mm. multiple ones to do and how they interact with yeah. each other and switches and stuff. It gets really confusing, but it's brilliant. Really brilliant. Cool. So causality, check that out. Nice. And then all the Mario's Mario Party, because it's a family game, and I have a family, so we, we played that. Uh, I caved and bought my wife Deluxe Super Mario World U. Her productivity <laughs> has declined significantly since. <laughs> That's probably a pretty pretty exhaustive list. Oh, Fallout 76. We played some of that. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we've had a we've had a good couple of hours on it, haven't we? Just bimbling around the wasteland and well, not the wasteland, but bimbling around Appalachia and uh, yeah. enjoying the world and the missions and, and walking away from douchebags. <laughs> yeah. I think the box quote has to be. It's not awful. No, no. It, <laughs> it's surprisingly not as terrible as I expected. It's it's serviceable. It's decent enough. It it does what you expect from a Fallout game. It just misses some of the wider reaching story elements that that you kind of really want. But as a multiplayer game, actually, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, so I like that. And then there's one other thing I've played. Go, Go on. on then. I admit it. I'm I'm going to admit this. I'm going to admit this. I saw that there was a piece of DLC being released for Train Sim World on the PS4, <laughs> which was the Trans Pennine Northern expansion. And I thought <laughs> that's Leeds to Manchester. I live in Leeds. I kind of want to give that a go. So I sent the lovely well, I sent the lovely PR people for Dovetail Games an email about this and said, "Hey, we're from Leeds. 
And they sent us a code. Uh, so I've been playing that. Nice. And how how is it? It's it's really it is really enjoyable in a weird weird kind of way because it's it's a proper sim on the PS4 for trains, and in that each train does have very slightly different control mechanics, and you do go through the whole thing. So you've got to when you when you start, you've got to go through and prime the engine and press all the right buttons in the sequence to start it all and everything. And and to be fair, it does give you like a little blue marker guide to go through. I think you can turn that off. I wouldn't dare, because what I have found is there's been some instances where you go through the tutorial, and you're like, yep, this is perfect, I can do this, go through everything, and then you get into the game, and you get in, you sit in the cab, you open the doors, you load the passengers, you close, it says, right, wait until a certain time to go, that time comes, and then you're just like, why isn't the train moving? What's what's going on? What's, and then, uh, like in one instance, I couldn't work out how to release the full amount of brake pressure I needed to to actually turn the brakes off and get the, this sodding German train to move. Nice. Uh, and then there was another occurrence when I worked out that I I, I wasn't waiting long enough to lock the doors. So it was like closing the doors, and it was doing the thing so the doors would close. But then I was just like ramping up the throttle and trying to go. <laughs> and then I was like, why isn't my train working? And then I had to like reset it to neutral, make sure the doors are actually closed and locked, and only then could you go. So it's kind of it's kind of weird in that there's things in it that you think, is this glitchy or am I just not very good at driving trains? And I'm sure I'm sure it's a combination to some extent of both. Probably more <laughs> that I'm not very good at driving trains. But it's it's really satisfying my inner nerd, honestly. It really is. It? is. Oh yeah. Do you uh, play it wearing an anorak by any chance? No, I, I wear an engine driver's outfit. <laughs> well, I would <laughs> say. And the only thing I will say is because it is a proper sim, is if you want to go from Leeds to Manchester, it'll take you an hour. <laughs> And I did one. I thought, oh, I want to do one, but I'm I'm not very good at this. So I'll do, I'll do like a service run, and then I'll do the express train. It was great. And once again, I got in, locked the doors, everything closed, ready to go. Uh, okay, throttle. No, no throttle. Why is this not working? And you've got like the the reverser. That's not working. Why isn't this? And it was the reason I started my service about ten minutes late was that it took me that long to realise I had to turn the master key before I could put it into forward (laughs) gear, basically. Uh, Schoolboy error, I know that now. But I was was trying to catch up the time, and and I'd picked like a snowy Pennines crossing to do it on, and and you don't... It it does not accelerate well in the snow up a hill. Nope. (laughs) Who'd have thought? I can imagine that. Um, But I was doing this, and it was really, really late. I was talking to you uh, via Hangouts. (laughs) I was just like, I'm three minutes late and I've still got three miles to go before I get to Huddersfield. So I did the first part of it really seriously and sticking to the speed limits and everything else. And then I had to, it was like nearly 1am and I had to go and sort the kitchen out and stuff. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to whack the throttle up. So it was like, whack the throttle up, got it as fast as it can go. And the whole time it was just, it got to about 40 miles an hour because it was an uphill stretch in the snow with carriages and everything so it was about 40 and it was below the speed limit anyway so I was like oh well I'm not I'm not too bothered I went off to clean the kitchen so I texted him out like my train's at full throttle and I'm in the kitchen 
tidying up. <laughs> and I went back and it was all fine. And then, then the cat was sat in front of the television. I thought, oh, well, I think the cat's playing now. Anyway, the next thing I know, I come back and the train's doing 100 miles an hour downhill. On <laughs> <laughs> the side of the Pennines. <laughs> um, yeah, down the side of the Pennines. And it, it kind of, it was just zooming through like the stations and things and the speed limit drops to 15 miles per hour. And I thought, this isn't going to end well. And it derailed just before we got into to Manchester. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it only derailed because I hammered on the brakes trying to get it down from 109 miles an hour <laughs> to stopping distance in about 400, 500 yards, which, uh, <laughs> Is it spoilers, do? didn't work. Yeah. So I've, I have been trying to play it seriously, but that, that did just get a bit silly. But it, yeah, it's kind of fun in a weird kind of way. I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about it. You, just need, you need to do a few more runs. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe not kill everyone on board. No, and, maybe uh, that was... And find out what, what, what it's really like. It was in, That was not ideal. Suboptimal, I think you call that. So yeah, that's been my January in gaming. <laughs> oh dear. Nice. <laughs> Ali, what have you been up to? So Shadows of the Tomb Raider, got that for Christmas. Yeah, that's nice, is that? Yep. It, really nice, although... I think I'm getting towards the end, but there's not as much hunting and stuff in it unless you want to do it for the trophies. Is yeah. that right? I, yeah. I, I felt the same. You didn't have to go away and do it. You could just let it. You could just let it bypass you, couldn't you? Yeah, which is a bit disappointing because I quite enjoyed that from the other game, the Rise. Yeah, um, but it's still a really good game because the tombs are back with a vengeance. Uh, they're the they're the standout of the game, I think. Yeah, the, the actual challenge teams themselves—they're not just a couple of rooms anymore, are they? No, no, no. So they're really, really good. Been back playing For Honor. They had a update probably November time last year, season three, the last bit. Um, so been playing that with a couple of mates, and it's really, really good. So just been hacking and slashing people. Quite a few extra characters have been added in. Battlefield Five. Really good. The The single player campaign is really good as well. And yeah. to the point that my wife went to bed with a, a headache and she texted me to tell me to turn it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't up that loud. It's just, it's got really, really good sound to it yeah. as you're going through. I've not put a lot of time into the single player, mainly been doing multiplayer, which is a lot harder. And you get to build, not a base, but you get to like fortify your areas, so like conquest. Ah. So you'll take B. And then you can quickly get your hammer out and you start like, or not always with a hammer, but you get to put barbed wire up and start throwing sandbags down and fortify it a bit um, to hold the point, which is really good. Uh, nice little addition. Just before Christmas, picked up Jurassic Evolution, the Jurassic Park game, which is a bit base building, a bit like Tropico. Yeah. And you get to like read different heard, dinosaurs and stuff. I've heard mixed things about it because I was tempted to pick it up in the sale and I, I went for a different world building sim, which I'll mention in a minute, but... But yeah, is it, is it worth doing? Yeah, I really enjoy it. So you get to obviously create your own park and there's different stages as you're going through the game as, as there is with any of these type of games. There's a bit of a story. But not only that, you you get to breed your dinosaurs and you get to send people out to go and <gasps> harvest awesome. uh, DNA. Uh, and obviously the better quality, well, not the better quality, but you get a percentage. And when you get to 100%, you then get to make that dinosaur I thought you were going to say, like, if you had, like, a really low percentage, you could make it, but you might get, like, a, a terrible pterodactyl. No, it just doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> it just fails. Oh, um, but yeah. you then get to manipulate the dinosaurs and create, not create your own, but kind of add different bits of DNA from different animals, spiders and 
with a bit of research and stuff and like from sharks and things. So you could have a T-Rex, but then you could have a modified T-Rex. And so could you make like an eight-legged raptor? Not quite, <laughs> no. Um, but you get to like, there's like different animals that will give you different colours within reason and things like that. <laughs> It's a bit weird. Is that green or brown? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Speckled. <laughs> uh, you also get to, like, drive... Because, like, you, your dinosaurs get a bit ratched in their cages sometimes. So then you'd have to go and tranquilise it and stuff like that. But you actually get to drive the car around and oh, tranquilise okay. it and repair things and reset the power and, and whatnot. And there's a lot of weather effects. So it's, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Mm, cool. It's one of those games that you put on and you could spend... Probably a little bit like your train sim world. Just hours go past and you're like, have I really just been sat here doing this for three hours or whatever? Mm-hmm. Picked up Starlink um, yep. just before Christmas at a very cheap price. Uh, really enjoying it. It's just a shame that Ubisoft just missed the market or it came out a little bit late or whatever you want to put it down as. But it is a really, really good game. It has come up digitally quite a few times on sale for like 30 or 40 pounds. Um, and if that is the deluxe edition, which gives you everything, I would recommend people to buy it. If you're a fan of a little bit of No Man's Sky, it's got that kind of feel to it, but you don't get yeah. out of your vehicle. Um, but it's really good and you get to go in space and, and different things, but you basically fly around on the, on the planet. There's a few missions to do and different things to take out, but it's, it's good fun. And I like how you can interchange your, Wings and guns and pilot and and do you have to do you have to own the models to do that? If you have the digital version, you just kind of press pause, okay, and you can just take it off. Or if you've got the physical edition, like I have, and I've I brought a few extra bits with it as well. Um, so there's bits in the game where you have to use certain weapons, so you can just pull it off, plug the one on, and it just instantly does it. It's very slick. Right. It's just a shame that it was under-publicised or whatever it was Ubisoft did. Just releasing it into a market that wasn't necessarily interested. Yeah, but probably overpricing it as well. I was going to say, was it was it expensive when it came out? I can't I remember. I think it was about 60 or £70 for the base game, which basically gave you a ship, an extra weapon and a pilot, and then everything else was a lot more from there. So yeah, it was overpriced, big time. Yeah. But I played Knowledge's Power Decades over Christmas, so it was the, the newer version. Did that... Uh, Chris, uh, Boxing Day and New Year, which is loads yeah. of fun. Kind of, un- I think I lost two games out of like the 20 or so we played. So, yeah, it's quite good. You pick your genre and then you just pick different categories within that. So you pick a, a, a decade. Oh, nice. Oh, sorry. The big one, which I'm leaving till last because it is what it is, is the Grand Tour game. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> says it all. I mean, that says it already, yeah. <laughs> It's trying so hard to make its mark in the racing genre that it's just doing it a complete disservice. Um, the handling on it is shocking. I wouldn't even say it's arcadey. I, I like some of the things it tries to do, like with the little bits of games and stuff and adding in bits from the tour, but it's just a bit, nah. Is it aimed at people who like racing games or is it just aimed at people who are fans of the Grand Tour? Is it a cash grab because the new series is launched? Yes. Yeah, and it's a cheap way to watch some of the episodes. Because it ties straight into each episode, doesn't it? It'll update its content each week with the new episodes that come out. And you yeah, so play the minute, along. There's, 
yeah, there's three episodes at the minute. There's the uh, the very first episode from the very first series. Um, yeah. There's the one... Is it the first what, episode from the second series? I think I thought I'd read. I think it is, yeah. And then obviously yeah. the first episode from... So I don't know whether you get three episodes, one from each series every week. I'm not sure. I thought it was supposed to be the new episodes each week, but that doesn't mean that they won't release some of the older content. Yeah, because there's, there's bits where it, in the trailer it tells you that you can play as, you know, when they created a, uh, may create that fire engine and stuff. Mm. And it says you can drive around in that. I haven't got to that yet. Right. I've done the whole Hammond flying off a cliff and stuff in that electric car. Yeah. Um, it's just, so you basically <coughs> you go into the game, you load up a, an episode and it starts the episode and then you can skip it forward and things. And then when it gets to a, a driving bit, it puts you in the uh, in that car. Uh, sometimes right. you get to pick one of the three hosts, so May, Hammond or Clarkson. Yeah. And then you get to do whatever it is they were doing. So on the latest episode, you go into one of the Mustangs and you do a lap and then you have to do one for each uh, of the guys in the, the various cars that they've got. Uh, some of them are fun racers, so you're racing against them and there's a very... Mario Kart-esque power-ups that you get, okay, which yeah. is okay. Um, it's, for me, it's just kind of the handling. You don't really have to think about what you're doing. It looks great, handles like a trolley, and it's just a bit... Eh. It's, it's a shame, really, because it would be an absolutely brilliant forum for looking at different cars from around the world and how they handle and... Yes. What the difference is if it was nuanced enough to actually be able to tell you that, and especially with the stuff like you're saying with that ridiculous fire engine that he made, you know, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. if you could throw that around a track and actually come away thinking, yeah, I bet this is I bet this is somewhat like it felt for him to drive on the show, how yeah. it, how it handles in yeah. the real world. I think that would that would have been a really interesting experiment. I just guess that I don't know they haven't got the time, the money, the skill maybe to. Yeah to implement that because that yeah. would take yeah. a lot of work probably, yeah. yeah I mean let's be fair it was £11 to buy yeah yeah. so it's kind of where it's aimed at but it's just like for example you're driving the cars around so I was driving a Lamborghini around I just slammed the drift button handbrake on to get around the corners because that was the quickest way to get around a corner not brake go into it and, and power down and there's bits where they add in quotes from the from the, from the episodes which is, gets a bit annoying yeah, it's just a bit massively missed its mark. I think if they'd have got, like, if they put it into the Forza Horizon series or something like that, it'd have worked a lot better. Because um, like you were saying, Andy, being able to drive around the Portugal track, I don't think I've been in a racing game where you can drive around the, the track in Portugal. I can't remember the name of it. And the Ebola drone and stuff like that. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been a nice way to have introduced interesting and unusual DLC to a, an established game, yeah. I think. It, that would have been a better licensed tie-in. I watched the episode on Friday. Um, if you could pick yep. one of those three muscle cars and and actually feel the differences between them, that would have been awesome. That would have been a really mm. great interactive element to to yep. go alongside the show. Because I'd love to, I'd love to know how. Um, is it the Exorcist? I'd love to yeah. know how that is to handle because it's a it's a one thousand brake horsepower lump in yep. in essentially a, <laughs> yeah, a standard no car, you know. So yeah. that that must be an absolute pig to drive. Yeah. But I'd love I, I, to give I mean, that a go. In that episode as well, um, where they're doing the donuts, you literally sit and do donuts in the game to get your death spells up. And you, if you if you know what you're doing, 
So basically, you just hold the throttle down and just keep tapping X or square to, for your handbrake or for your, your drift button, and that's it. Your decibels go up, and you just sit there donutting. Yeah, so there's, for, there's no actual skill to it. It's just... It's just boring, that bit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm doing donuts. It's like um, opening your throttle and pointing your train downhill, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's me. It's a fair amount, then. Yeah, yeah the, there is more, the, but I, w- I won't keep boring you. In the three <laughs> weeks that we've had in January. It's February now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Matthew, what have you been playing? Uh, well, you've already mentioned one of them, Fallout 76. Put uh, a little bit of time into that. It's yeah, quite enjoyable. Spyro the Dragon. I picked up the remasters during the PSN sale at Christmas. Started the first one, and it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It um, looks a lot better as well. I picked it does. up my wife for Christmas on the Xbox, and it looks really, really good. I never played the first time around. Are they what? Are they good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. They're, they're good three um, D adventures. Very, very kid friendly, which is one of the reasons for having it because it means you can play it with uh, little ones in the room. Yeah, like Rare's version of Mario, I guess. Uh, no, it was. Um, I actually want to say it was Insomniac. Oh, it could have been, yeah. But I don't know if it was. It's they were owned by Activision, though. They, it, so um, they're the ones who've done the the remasters on them. Uh, but yeah, they, they've done a cracking job. They are really good, um, re- really good fun uh, from the one I've played so far. About probably about a third of the way through it, I picked up Surviving Mars, which is the counterpoint to Jurassic World Evolution. Um, and that's from the guys who actually made a couple of the Tropico games and did City Skylines as well. So that's, yeah, world building on Mars, which is really quite in-depth. There's the, the tutorials took me about four hours to get through. Wow. They're really, nice. really good going, really a lot to consider and really nicely implemented. It's very easy to play. There's just a lot to think about. Um, and it's one of those, like you say, you, you, you start off and you lose hours just making sure you've got power and water and air to uh, to your colony. You know, an expert moisture farmer. I'm getting there. I am getting there. It's hmm. one of the things you have to do. Yeah, it is I no, really lovely, lovely looking. It plays really well. Got a really nice atmospheric soundtrack going in the background as well, um, which these some of these games just don't really bother with that aspect of it. But it really, really works. Always good. But there's, I suppose, there's two I've really spent the most time on um, in the last month. What, well, I say two. It's technically three. So there's the Hitman HD Enhanced Collection. Which is a mouthful, but it's uh, Blood Money and Absolution on the latest generation of consoles, and <laughs> it's an interesting pack. Yeah, yeah, it's a really weird one. I think the last time I played Blood Money was the HD remasters on the PS3, and loved playing back through that. But since Blood Money and those remasters, we have had. Absolution itself, and we've had um, the brand new versions, Hitman and Hitman 2. Mm-hmm. And they've done a cracking job in getting it up to 4K. It's smooth as anything. They've dealt with some of the dodgy issues. They've improved little bits here and there. But actually, as a game, mechanically, it's a little bit clunky. And it's a l- it, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It really isn't bad to go back and play it because the level design is second to none in a lot of instances, but actually it's just not as fluid and as oh, easy okay. to control as you're now used to. And then yeah. sort of flipping it into Absolution, that is Hitman and Hitman 2. 
Right. Yes, they've tweaked the the instinct meter, and they've obviously worked solidly on getting the level design that we'd had from the previous games and turn it into more contract focused. But actually, it surprised me how much Absolution has fed into the latest two games. And I really enjoyed playing back through it. It's got some weird choices in it. And the first third being almost a pure hiding stealth game with no objective other than escape is is not a Hitman game. But actually, it's really good. That was what was jarring about it, wasn't it? It was it was the fact that you were you were looking forward to, I suppose, a bit cliche, wasn't it? But being the hunter, and mm. uh, and all of a sudden, it's flipped on its head, and your you know your expectations are confounded. Uh, and I I don't know. Maybe that was maybe that was the decision that actually this would make for an interesting experience. But it wasn't it wasn't what Hitman fans wanted. And I've always no, said I, this I, about Absolution. It's a great game. It's just not a great Hitman game because of that yeah, and, and because, you, still, because it flips the, the tropes of the series on its head. Yeah, and that still holds. I, I completely agree. It isn't, it isn't a true Hitman game. But playing both of them side by side, because I didn't even play them back to back, I kind of swapped between the two, which is murder on remembering what controls are, you're using. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're vastly different. But actually, it's a it's a really interesting lesson in game design and development, and taking forward what works and ditching what hasn't. And it, you know, it, it's it's really good to play them both. My biggest gripe about it is the price. It's fifty quid. You cannot buy them separately, but they're both individual downloads, and they're not put into the Hitman Two. Uh, World of Assassination system, which we've, we have spoken about probably on air and off air, <laughs> it should have just gone in there. Even if it was just launched the game from in there, it yeah, should have been yeah. in and tied it all together given it's released so close to Hitman 2. But for Hitman fans, as soon as that drops to 20 or 25 quid, buy it. It's It's worth playing through both of them again. It is worth playing Absolution again. And for those of you out there who don't like creeping around and being silent and only taking out your one target with an accident. That's what Absolution caters for. It's much more of a bloodbath. So you wouldn't recommend it for that £50 price tag? I I think you'd have to really want to play them really Mm. desperately because I I just think you can buy Hitman 2 for less than that and... And that's what niggles a little bit. The, these are remasters that work's gone into, but they're not total overhauls. And I think I think 50 is just a bit too much. And then I have over the last week, I've been playing Ace Combat 7. Oh. Which I am a sucker for Ace Combat games. I've, I've played them since Ace Combat 2, I think it was. Put an awful lot of time into a lot of them. And they've always been good arcade flight games almost they're not sim games but the the kind of towards the sim end of arcade and then yeah the latest ones come out and it's just really well put together brilliantly realized looks fantastic some nice variation in mission design and the vr mode is something else i've not played another game like it in vr is it nauseating uh, yes it is <laughs> you, you really you would you'd struggle. I I did two full on missions. I think I was in it for maybe an hour, an hour and a half, and I went 
I can't do another mission right now because the the amount of turning, flipping, and and everything else. But the immersion, it's just amazing. It's the being wheeled out onto the deck of an aircraft carrier, looking all around you, and then you know, whacking the throttle up full, hitting the afterburners, and then shooting off the deck. It's just brilliant. <laughs> and it looks good in VR. There are some games that just can't deal with high speed and everything else, and they look a little bit ropey. This manages to maintain a decent level of integrity. It's not it's not on a par with the main game mm. because that's able to go higher resolution, but but it still looks phenomenal and it plays well. And it, uh, yeah, you just want to get back in and play it. Disappointingly, there's only three missions in the VR side of things. Oh, so there I was, is, I was um, about to ask if you can play the whole game in VR. So it's no, just three sadly, missions. just three missions and the standalone missions as well. They're not part of the main game. Oh, right. uh, but there is like a free fly option. So you can just go and cruise around the map and, and have a play around if you want. And you can oh. circle the aircraft and examine them. And that With no narrative telling you what to do then or anything. <laughs> that's it. I understand that's what you get from uh, the free free fly element. I haven't uh, opened it yet to actually do that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an experience that you can't knock. It really is. Um, it's superb. I think if anybody came around and said, show us what this VR is then, that would be my go-to game now. Cool. i stick that on and go, there you go, here's your sick bag. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I've not fired it's, it up yet, but I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, it's, it's great. And 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 the single-player campaign is really good as well. It, it draws you in. There's a really fantastic cinematic story going on in the background um, that looks amazing. I, I'm struggling to work out whether they've put rendered characters into real-world environments or whether they've fully rendered the world that you're seeing because it it looks phenomenal, but it's really nicely done. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, rec- I recommend it. It's been a long time since we've had an Ace Combat game. I've, I've, God, it must be five, six, seven years. And it's for my money. Oh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I don't don't regret pre-ordering it and getting it. And then I did one more thing. <laughs> and there's a, there's a little video up on YouTube as well of it. I thought, oh, I'll stream the length of it. But I had a crack at the Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh, yeah, the yeah. one shot I'm also really glad I've got that on pre-order I really enjoyed it, it uh, despite the viewpoint change and the updated mechanics and everything else it was proper nostalgia the demo was set in the opening section of the police station so starting cool. in the almost in the foyer just working your way around trying to open doors etc but it it has that vibe it has that feel and it has that tension that the original Resident Evil 2 had. And yeah, I'm, nice. I can't wait. I can't wait for the full game. The demo timed out before I didn't get to the end of it. It timed out, but I also equally I didn't die, which was quite handy. The ammo's scarce. Items are scarce, and it, you've got to be careful. It wasn't the original, wasn't it? Because I'd, I'd, oh, yeah. I'd yeah. never played Resident Evil originally. Resi 2 was the first one I'd ever played. And it was just mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some nice bits and pieces, and there were there were some good teasers for stuff that's coming up as well. It's like the uh, zombies that have burst in through the windows. You can pick up like little barricades and things to block windows off. So that feels like there might be some strategic elements um, to certain points of the game because you decide where you're going to put them. Because um, I, I came across at least four or five knackered windows, but only one barricade piece. Um, there's the puzzle elements are still there. I mean, it's broadly going to follow the story 
of, of Resident Evil 2 anyway, which I, I lost track of how many times I finished that because uh, I was absolutely determined to get to that point where you could open up Hunk and play through the additional campaign. I don't think I ever finished it with him. Right. Um, but yeah, that's all back in there. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's out in six days, five days from the point we're recording this. So yeah, looking forward to it. That is one thing. Um, the first thing I did after I'd streamed it and, and finished it was actually go to the YouTube thing and stick the age restriction on it because my God, is it grim. <laughs> it is. Oh, it is nasty. <laughs> really nasty in points. And that's just the opening stages with the, with the zombies. So, um, yeah, this this is going to be a child in bed, fast asleep game. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Daddy, what's that? No! Oh, get to bed! <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to that now. I, I was always... You know, quite excited about uh, one of my my first major PlayStation experiences coming back. Um, and actually, yeah, it's already living up to the hype. I had it on PC, and I definitely remember playing it with like after. I think was it after you played through once, or maybe there was like a very easy mode you could whack it on, and you got a machine gun with infinite ammo. Yeah, I think you might have you might have actually opened up things like because you played it yeah. once with Leon, and then. You got Claire's story and you played it again. I definitely got to the stage where I had the option of a machine gun with infinite ammo and a rocket launcher with infinite ammo. And it was a lot of fun to play it that way, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> like Resident Evil 5 was when you opened up all the infinite ammo weapons and things. And hopefully yeah, yeah. that stuff will be back in there that once you put the effort in, you can, yeah, uh, you can just go and have some fun. Yeah. All right, that's it. Anything else? Are we, uh, are we all done on that on that front? Yeah. I did start Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh. And I had to I had to stop myself from playing it because I really enjoyed it. I got mm, proper absorbed for like three or four days. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, brilliant. I'm glad it's on my momentum list for this year. Yeah. I really would say good game. Odyssey's even better than Oranges. So if you enjoy that, yeah. that's, that's I, I, I'm looking forward to getting to Odyssey, but I've stringent and yeah. getting through Origins first. Good, because I'm not <laughs> still got that to finish, <laughs> but I'm on Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> In the spirit of a conversation that we had this morning on uh, on our Discord channel, I got a quiz. Yay! Like a, like a little one, not like the the hour long no, one not, that we put out last week. No, not like that hour long hideous monster with awfully researched questions. This is a much shorter one with with awfully researched questions. But, but if you if you haven't listened to the quiz from last week, it is amusing. It, at least I thought it was very funny. I really enjoyed it. So <laughs> go and listen to that because I'm pretty sure this quiz will not be quite as funny. Uh, For those anyway, of you so that this... have listened to it, you've just got PTSD from those sound effects. So <laughs> bearing in mind, uh, what, what do we think this quiz is probably going to be about them? Trains, I... probably. <laughs> uh, something. Uh, the only bit I can remember from from... The Discord uh, discussion this morning was Kev running out of food and drink in a few weeks. What's so your so going to go with survival games? So <laughs> no, it's not. Ali was right. It's about trains. Oh, okay. this is the Kodak moments. Is it a band or is it a class of British Rail modern traction locomotive? Oh, okay. So I'm okay. going to uh, I'm going to give you a name. It's a really simple quiz. I'm going to give you a name. And what I want you to do is buzz in. You both got buzzer sounds. Matt, can I hear your buzzer sound? What the hell? Nice. 
Nice. There we go. Uh, Ali, what's your buzzer sound? Woo! Nice. <laughs> Direct flare. So I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a name, and I want you to buzz in, and you've got to tell me: is it a band, or is it a type of train? Simple as that. Okay. Right. Okay. Nice and easy. So I'm going to start you off with a really easy one: Pendolino. What the hell? Matthew. Uh, is that a train? It is. It's a train. Yay. It's uh, an Italian tilting train in use all over Europe, and uh, especially on the West Coast Main Line here in the UK. So you see how it works now. Yep. Yes. Okay. I should probably write the scores down, actually. Yeah, it would be bad. bad it would help, that. wouldn't it? Yeah. Just need some paper and a would, pen. Would, Although I don't think either of us will be happy if we win this. Would you like me to do it here? Oh, that's yeah, that'd be really helpful. I found a pen, though, so that's that's half the battle one. Yeah. Just can you throw it 80 miles for our later catch? <laughs> Tempted to try on <laughs> No. <laughs> right, so the next one is Delta 5. Ali. A band. Yes. Delta 5 are a post-punk band from Leeds. Can I interfere in your crisis? No. Mind your own business. I'm sure they're great. When you started that up, I thought it was catchphrase meets the Scissor Sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, the next one is Canterbury. What the hell? Matthew. I'm going to go train. Oh... No, Canterbury's a band. They're an English rock band from Basingstoke whose third album, Dark Days, reached number one in the official UK rock album chart. Uh, Okay. There we go. Okay, uh, next one is Electra. What the hell? Train. Yes, it's Class 91 or the Intercity 225. (laughs) Named the 225 (laughs) as it was uh, envisaged as a replacement for the ageing 125. Uh, and Sorry, because yeah. the top speed was, if anyone can get this, they get a bonus point. 125. 171. No, it was actually depressingly 140 oh. miles per hour, which is yeah. 225 kilometres per hour. <laughs> okay, riveting stuff here. I'm going at moments. <laughs> what? This is good. I just couldn't, couldn't get over how happy Ali looked when he got it right that he was a train. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did look pleased with himself, didn't he? Okay, uh, let's go for Falcon. Matthew. I'm going to go band. Oh, Matt. No, it's the, it's the one-off Class 53 twin-engine diesel-electric prototype that was a victim of advances in technology in the form of single low-speed diesel engines. I'm, you know what? I'm glad they got that wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's go for Class A. What the hell? Ali. Band. Yes, it's a Michigan-based rock band. Uh, Chrome <laughs> Molly. What the hell? Matthew. I know it's going to be the opposite of whatever I say, <laughs> but I'm going to say Train. Train? No, it's a hard rock band from uh, Leicester who supported Alice Cooper in 1988. Of course. Oh, Come on, you never heard of Chrome Molly? <laughs> All right, let's go with APTP. What the hell? Ali. Train. Ali knows his trains. Yes, of course. <laughs> Obviously, it's the Class 370 Advanced Passenger Train Prototype or the Tilting Train. Nicknamed the Queasy Rider when it first trialed in 1981. (laughs) Uh, I'm enjoying this. Um, Right, okay. Uh, Next one is uh, PVT. What the hell? Ali again. Band. Yes, that's right. It's an experimental (laughs) rock band based in London and Sydney. Get in. Uh, Next one is Gronk. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Matthew. That's got to be a band. 
No, it's a Class 8 large diesel. It's uh, It was manufactured between 1953 and 1962, and it's still in use today. It's uh, Yeah, it's a shunter. Ooh. <laughs> Let's go for Deltic. Woo! What the hell? Ali. Band. No, it was a Class 55 diesel loco designed for the East Coast mainline between London and Edinburgh, named for its twin Napier Deltic power units, retired in 1981. What about Delphic? What the hell? Is it a trick question? They've all been trick questions for <laughs> Well, yeah, very true. I was going to say band. Yeah, that's right. They're an alternative dance band from Stockport, and their biggest hit was uh, 2010's Doubt, which reached a stunning number 79 in the UK charts. I am fairly sure I have a promo vinyl down by my <laughs> left leg of them. I, I mean, I would be happy to call it a day at that point. Yes, please. <laughs> Ali, how do the scores pan out? Because I'll be honest, I really wasn't paying attention. Uh, we, we know. We know. Um, uh, Matt got a, uh, a sizable two, uh, and yeah. I got five. I think really that probably makes Matt the winner. What? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, props to your train knowledge, Ali. You were, you were pretty good there. Yeah, it's just... Look. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That was, is it a band or is it a class of British rail modern traction locomotive? <laughs> I think that draws a line nicely under that quiz. Yes, it yeah. does. Well, thanks for joining us again. That's been a lot of fun. I, I'm feeling pleased that we've actually all played some games. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I like it's that. been a productive month, I think. Yeah. Let's see if we can keep it up into February. Let's hope um, everyone out there You've all got the chance to play the games you want to. And uh, we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Ta-ta. See ya.